Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ernest, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that this fall is stressing the importance of being a good steward on the trail, finding ways to avoid contributing to crowding, and staying safe on public lands. We'll talk about how just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department encourages everyone to come out and experience state parks during its centennial year, the 100th anniversary of the state park system especially through service projects listed online at stateparks.oregon.gov. It's a way to enjoy the parks you love while doing activities like cleaning up trails and restoring wetlands. All right, in today's episode, we're hopping across the Cascade Range to my favorite Central Oregon town and talking about its Wild West history and embarrassments of outdoor riches that will take you hiking, paddling, climbing, horseback riding, road biking, mountain biking, fly fishing, gear fishing, skiing, and somehow even more. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, today we're headed out to the glorious town of Sisters, Oregon that hamlet of a few thousand people fashioned in Wild West style to talk about the many adventures you can have there from the mild to the wild. To join me in this trek, I'm joined by our latest outdoors intern, Mackenzie Elliott, who recently returned from reporting and exploring that area. Hey, Mackenzie. Hey, Zach. I am super excited to be here, and I'm especially excited to get to talk about one of my favorite places. All right. So right off the top... The thing that I always think about with sisters is that every time I go there, I'm usually headed somewhere else. Like people talk about gateway towns in Oregon all the time, but sisters, it's really a gateway to so much good stuff. Just about any type of outdoor recreation you can name that you can think about, you can probably do there in some capacity. So for me, sisters is a place to grab a bite to eat, maybe get some supplies, but then go somewhere fun. I don't spend a ton of time in town typically. How about you? Yeah, absolutely, Zach. I totally agree. I grew up traveling to Central Oregon with my family every year, and Sisters was always kind of one of those places that was just so much fun to pop into and visit. Like you said, you know, whether you're grabbing a bite to eat or even doing a little shopping or honestly just walking around and soaking in the vibe of the town, it's just such a great experience and it's so fun. Okay, well, in this podcast, we are going to do the classic Explore Oregon thing. We're going to go back and forth, highlight a bunch of cool adventures to have near sisters with the idea of showcasing some places that maybe you haven't thought about, maybe some adventures you haven't been on, like a horseback ride or a backcountry cave adventure. We'll definitely get into the greatest hits as well, from the Jeff Wilderness to the Metolius Basin or big old Black Butte overhead. But in addition, Mackenzie is going to talk about the town's history a little bit how and why Sisters has that style and that vibe that we're talking about that feels as though you were just dropped into an old West movie. And just a quick note that yes, 
We are posting this at the end of peak outdoor recreation season, but that's okay because right now is a great time to start planning your Central Oregon vacation for next year. In a lot of cases like reservations and campsite reservations, you might not need to start thinking about that like now for next year. Or, you know, you can still take advantage of this very warm and dry fall that we're having. It'll eventually end, but the good times are still here. So Mackenzie, you ready to head out and get into those ponderosa pine trees? I am so ready. Let's do it. All right, so I am going to get us started with a place that is on my short list for the best spots to car camp in Oregon, full stop. And the name of that place is Three Creek Lake. It's about 16 miles south of Sisters, and it has everything that I love in a car camping destination. Although if you're staying in Sisters, it also makes for a pretty good day trip. If you got a hotel, this is a great spot to go for the day. So the lake itself is spectacular with big clear water and the cliffs of Tam MacArthur Rim just rising right overhead. So it's just a scenic lake to begin with. Then my favorite part of it, I think, is that it has this big sandy beach on both sides of the lake and this nice shallow entry, which is really good for kids. And this is a great place to bring kids camping. It's a sweet place to stand up paddleboard or kayak. And there's a little shop there that rents like rowboats and stuff like that. And I think some snacks, too. It's got pretty good fishing. It's got brook and rainbow trout. And I caught some pretty decent fish in there, little like 14 to 16 inch. So they fight pretty good. They're pretty fun to catch. I actually went fishing from a stand-up paddleboard for the first time when I was here. And that ended up working better than I expected. I sort of expected to like get pulled into the lake or be off balance. But it worked, you know, it, it worked. So that's obviously pretty fun. There is a great little uh, hike you can do there if you get tired of the lake. Uh, it's called Little Three Creek Lake, and that describes it pretty well. Uh, the scenery is, it's, it's a more spectacular lake, obviously smaller, less people, and not too far of a hike. I think it's only about three miles round trip, so pretty easy to get there. But overall, the best thing for my money about this area are the two campgrounds. Uh, so the two are Three Creek Campground and Driftwood Campground. They're both kind of old school forest service sites with really good access close to the lake. I think driftwood is considered the best because it's on what you might call the sunny side of the lake uh, because Tam MacArthur Rim can kind of keep the other side in the shade. The other side is a little bit sunnier. Uh, I think the sites are a little bit better too. I personally have only camped at Three Creek Lakes and it is fantastic. So you can't go wrong with either one. Normally you do have to do that reservation thing on recreation.gov. Uh, and be really on your game about planning that out. But this past summer was an interesting one because the Forest Service was short-staffed. They couldn't find anybody to staff the camp host site. So so it all went to first come, first serve. So it felt kind of old school with, you know, the pressure of like driving out there on a Thursday or Friday to claim your site for the weekend. The lake is at a pretty high elevation. So August or early September definitely feels like the best time to visit. But, you know, you can try there other times of the year. Overall, great spot really for me sums up why people love living in sisters and why they're so spoiled. Mackenzie, you ever been out to Three Creek Lake? Got anything on it? Honestly, I've never been out there before, but based on the description you just gave, I think I need to go check it out. It's a pretty good one. It's known, but I wouldn't say it's like blasted off the face of the earth on Instagram, the way that like Sparks Lake or Hosmer Lake is that are outside of Bend. So 
it's got a more laid back vibe. It's a pretty rough road to drive there too. Like you kind of want a rugged rig to get there because the just giant potholes, it gets pretty rough as you get closer to the lake. All right. Well, that's my first pick. So Mackenzie, what are you leading us off with? Yeah, Zach. Well, you know, I was kind of leaning into that Western theme we were mentioning <laughs> earlier. And so I am highly recommending saddling up for a trail ride at Black Butte Stables. Black Butte Ranch is about 10 miles from downtown Sisters, and while the resort is kind of its own little thing, the nice thing about the stables is that anyone can book a ride. You don't necessarily have to be staying in the resort. And in fact, a lot of locals tend to go on trail rides there, apparently, so it's a pretty popular spot for uh, horseback riding adventures. I ended up meeting with Katie Hinnon, who is the manager of Black Butte Stables, just to talk to her a little bit about what they offer and then also take part in a little equestrian adventure myself. I ended up booking a spot on the one and a half hour trail ride, which took me on a trail of old growth pine forests and aspen groves. We were able to stop and take in a few views from a couple meadows where you could see the Three Sisters, Mount Washington, and Broken Top. I got to ride Lenny, who was a beautiful but gigantic horse. He was an absolute gentle giant, though, because he was so sweet and apparently knew exactly what he was doing because I honestly didn't have to do anything but just sit there. (laughs) During the ride, we did get the chance to trot, and then we even got to take the horses over a little stream, so I really felt like I got my chance to be a real cowboy, which is probably nothing like what a real cowboy does, but it still felt fun. Overall, like the whole ride was just really relaxing and it was just such a fun and kind of unique way to explore the area. So you got to actually cross a stream. I feel I feel like that's like high level horsemanship. Is that not accurate? Um, it felt like it to me. Now, I don't know <laughs> if that's like a very common thing. And again, it was probably very tiny, but there is like a bridge that goes over the stream and the horses sometimes like to be lazy and go over the bridge. <laughs> So that was the only time where I really had to direct Lenny to make him go through the creek. But he looked like he was having a good time. I was having a good time. So it was pretty fun. Have you done horseback riding before? Like, is that something you've you've done in the past? So I've gone on trail rides. I've always loved horses. I always begged my mom for a horse. But of course, no kid ever really gets that. So I've done them before, like on just certain areas that we've traveled you know I've done it in Sun River I've done it in actually on the beach I just think it's a fun way to explore an area well like it's just an experience all around but yeah so once we made our way back to the barn I was able to sit down with Katie and talk to her a little bit more about the stables and kind of who she thinks should come in and saddle up with Black Butte so I'm gonna go ahead and let you listen in on our conversation here You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Katie. I'm the manager at Black Butte Stables. All right, and how long have you been here at Black Butte? I have been guiding rides out here for three summers prior to this, and as of May, I'm now managing full-time year-round. Okay, so tell me a little bit about Black Butte Stables. Who can come ride and what sort of activities do you offer here? Yeah, so Black Butte Stables is open to any riders. You do not have to be staying at Black Butte Ranch. And we offer a variety of rides. For younger kids ages 3 to 6, we offer Little Buckaroo Rides, which are parent-led around a corral. And for anyone who is 7 and older, we offer trail rides. We offer a 1-hour, hour-and-a-half, 2-hour, and a half-day long ride. Awesome. So it sounds like you have lots of different 
rides for lots of different experience levels. Would you say anyone can kind of come out here and you'll have something for them? Yeah, we try to cater to just about everyone so everybody can get on a horse that would like to. How has this summer been for you guys? Has it been pretty busy? Yeah, we have stayed pretty busy as people come and visit from all over. COVID summer was our busiest summer, but people have been continuing to come out here since then. Awesome. And then what kind of advice would you recommend for people who do come out here to Black Butte Ranch and are looking for a fun little ride? Um, I would recommend, if you've never been on a horse before, I would recommend the one hour long ride as those horses are used to taking out people who have never been on a horse before. And on any of our rides, we could cater. We teach everybody how to trot on our rides. And our horses love taking new riders out. And I would say about 30% of our riders have never been on a horse before. And so then what would you say to someone who might be just a little bit nervous to get on a horse? We will help get you on that horse. Once you guys get out into the forest, the horse is just following the horse in front of them and they are very good at their job and have this job for a reason. What are some of your favorite parts of this job or maybe something you didn't expect working here? Yeah, uh, the connection that I have made with most of the horses here, all the horses have their own unique personalities and they love taking a variety of riders out and they all have their own little quirks that make them so good at the jobs that they do every day. Do you have anything else that you think is important to note about Black Butte Stables? We are very lucky to get to ride out in Deschutes National Forest and we love sharing it with people, so come on out if you get the chance. Awesome, thank you so much, Katie. This yes, thank great. you. Alright, so if you are interested in booking a trail ride at Black Butte Stables, go ahead and head to blackbuttestablesco.com. Alright, I'm going to send it back over to you, Zach. What do you have next? Alright, so for my second pick, I am going to highlight a few spots on the east side of the Mount Jefferson Wilderness. Yes, of course, the town of Sisters was named for the three sisters, but the Jefferson Wilderness has trailheads that are only about 30 to 35 minutes away from town, and again, can make for some really good backpacking trips or some great day hikes, uh, just because sisters with sisters, you're so close to everything. So another fun note for this one is that on the Willamette Valley side, uh, we get used to looking at Mount Jefferson a certain way. Like it has almost like a little pyramid. You know, you can see the saddle on the top and it's got that very distinctive shape that Mount Jefferson always sticks out. It always makes me laugh when I go to the east side because it looks pretty different. And I swear it has always looked like Mount Jefferson is flipping me off. I don't know if other people take that, but that's sort of the vibe that I get. So you know, FU Mount Jefferson. There are like five wilderness trailheads here where you can get that fun view of Mount Jefferson uh, outside Sisters. But I'm going to quickly kind of highlight the different ones. So the easiest, the most popular, and probably the most spectacular is going to start at the Jack Lake Trailhead, uh, which brings you right into Canyon Creek Meadows and right to the base of Three Finger Jack. You do need a limited entry Central Cascades permit to hike or day camp there. But it's stunning and easy. It's a good one for kids. And frankly, on this podcast, we've talked about this hike way too many times. So I'm going to kind of breeze past that. But you do need a permit for a day or an overnight trip. Another one that I'd really highlight is a personal favorite that I just returned from. And that is Carl Lake. And that one makes me laugh because that's like the most bland name for a lake I've ever heard in my life. It's just like, hi, I'm Carl. Um, but this is no ordinary Carl. It's a really nice lake. And it actually starts at what's called the Cabot Lake Trailhead. 
and then it's five miles to Carl Lake. So it's kind of funny. It's the name of the trailhead is different than the place you really want to go. Cabot Lake is out there, but it's really not worth checking out. So anyway, it's five miles out there one way and really beautiful Alpine Lake. It's got a lot of good campsites, uh, which I appreciated. So it's great for just like a quick, like two day backpacking trip. Like if you want a nice little wilderness escape, Carl Lake is a perfect spot. It's got fishing got a fun trail that runs around the entire lake or it's a scenic spot to just like sit in the sun and read a book sit in a hammock just great for relaxing especially in september i think the best part of it is the mornings because the way it's set up it's sort of like a hanging valley where it's below these set of cliffs but then it's above other cliffs and so behind it it's wide open it just has this great east to west vantage point and because of that in the mornings the cliffs like do this great like light show uh, the cliffs like start out dark, dark purple. And then as the sun rises a little higher, it goes just bright orange. And then this kind of yellowish orange. And then the day to daytime blue. So you can watch this like transition of the morning just on the cliffs, um, you know, reflecting on the lake. It's, it's just spectacular. To go to Carl Lake, you do need an overnight permit, but you don't need a day hiking permit. So if you want to do this just as a day trip, it's 10.2 miles round trip. So it's a long day trip or it's a, you know, backpacking trip on kind of the moderate side. If you want to get really deep in the Jefferson, there is one really great trail out there. It's called the Jefferson Lake Trail. It's probably the least hiked trail in the entire wilderness area, but it's pretty strong and you have to be pretty strong to do it. It's about 11 miles from the trailhead uh, to get to a place called Table Lake. But if you want solitude and a really spectacular lake, Table Lake is a great one via the Jefferson Lake Trail. I haven't done it yet, but it has been highly recommended by multiple people that I know. I'm kind of saving it. It's on my bucket list. So that's what I've got for the east side of the Jefferson. Mackenzie, where are you bringing us next? All right, Zach. I am bringing us to Peterson Ridge Trail, which is a mountain biking trail system located literally minutes from downtown Sisters. People really love the many options the trails offer. It has over 20 miles of single track, and it's one of the most popular trails in the area. I decided to check it out, and I gotta say, I had a lot of fun. A little disclaimer, though, this was my first time ever mountain biking, so needless to say, I was a bit nervous. (laughs) Thankfully, though, Peterson Ridge ended up being a fantastic place to kind of build my skill level and confidence. Basically, the trail is a stacked system, so it kind of works like a ladder. It has two legs, an east and a west side, and then it has connectors in between. So basically, as you go up the ladder, the harder the trails get, but you always have that option to take a connector and head back down the other side, continuing your loop. I ended up renting a mountain bike from Blazin Saddles, which is right downtown, and then I was able to ride straight from the shop to the trailhead, which maybe took about five minutes. So it was super convenient and just a great way to get to the trailhead. My goal for the trip was to make it up to Peterson Ridge Overlook, which is one of the most popular viewpoints along the trail. The loop is about 11 miles round trip with an elevation gain of 521 feet, and the route was a mixture of easy to moderate trails, but thankfully it was nothing too crazy for this beginner. I started on PRT West, which is the side that most people start on as it's just a little easier to climb than the east side. And then the path is pretty flat and free from any technical objects for the first two-ish miles. And then after that, you're going to hit a gravel logging road, which is the point where I felt the paths started to get a little more challenging. 
This is also the point where you're going to have the option to ride up to Eagle Rock, which is a viewpoint with great views of the Cascade Mountains. I personally didn't make the trek up there as the short path to get there was marked as very difficult or black diamond, which seemed a little bit above my beginner status, especially only two miles into the ride. But it could be a great option for someone with a little bit more experience under their belt. Now, the Peterson Ridge Overlook is about 4.5 miles into the trail. And once I got to the overlook, I, I did understand the hype. Up until then, the scenery kind of became monotonous as you're just rolling through a forest of ponderosa pines. But the overlook did have some beautiful views of the Cascades and was definitely worth the climb up there. Overall, I'd highly recommend Peterson Ridge trails to anyone looking for a cycling adventure in Sisters. The one unique thing about this trail is that it kind of has an option for everyone, so regardless of your skill level, you'll be able to enjoy the trails in some capacity. And if I can do it, you can do it. Well, let me ask you this. What, when you were riding the single track, was it pretty flat and and narrow i mean was there was there turns and stuff like that like was was there many features to the to the route yeah so up until like two miles it's it's definitely very easy so very flat it was a little bit narrow but nothing that was really too different from road biking other than the fact that you're just on dirt rather than pavement and then as you kind of get up to that two mile area that's when you started having some routes that you maybe had to get over or some rocks i will say there were a couple times i just had to walk my bike over the obstacle because <laughs> i just couldn't do it but it was nothing that was like i didn't want to break down crying in the middle of it i will say that it was doable <laughs> and it was okay <laughs> okay so first of all there's absolutely no shame in walking your bike like i've mountain biked for a long time and have definitely get off my bike and walk it all the time because i'm definitely not a wuss but <laughs> i value my safety yeah um I think I the first time I rode the McKenzie River Trail, the really famous mountain bike route, like that upper trail is tough. And I must have walked like I walked a lot of it. So there is no shame in walking it. Did this did this experience inspire you to do more mountain biking in the future? You know what? It actually did. I think genuinely before this, I didn't have the greatest interest in doing so. I mean, I love biking, but I never really felt the need to take it onto the dirt. <laughs> but after this, I think I kind of understood the thrill, especially on the way back down, you know, when you're cruising down those curves. I'm sure I was not going fast enough to look cool. But to me, I did feel cool and I felt like I was actually doing it. So I, I kind of get it now. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's what we're hoping for. And that's probably what they were hoping for in Sisters. They got one more customer to return to, to bike those cool trails. Yeah, I'm actually jealous. I've meant to ride Peterson Ridge for like a decade now and just haven't gotten around to it just because it is it does feel like part of the town. Like I was saying, like every time I'm in Sisters, I'm always like going to some like exotic location and Peterson Ridge is so much a part of the town that uh, I don't know. I think I just need to spend a couple of days in the town itself. And then it would feel like the logical thing to do. Yeah. And it's it's literally a five minute ride from town. So it's super convenient, which I think is why it's so popular. Yeah. And this is totally off topic. But when I was more into mountain biking, it's because I lived in Grants Pass. And Grants Pass had not exactly the same situation, but there was a place called Cathedral Hills that you could ride to in a lot of places in town. And that ability to just mountain bike on trails right away, uh, just it means you ride a lot more often. And when you don't have that, it's kind of kind of hard to pick it up. If you don't live in a town that has trails right outside the door, sort of hard to make it a thing. Anyway, okay, so I am going to stay for my third pick. I'm going to stay on this theme of biking, but I'm going to continue with road biking. 
And in this case, I think this might easily be viewed as the most scenic road biking route in Oregon. Like that's, that's not hyperbole. I think if you talk to a lot of road bikers, they will agree. And so this route, very famous one, uh, takes you from Sisters up to McKenzie Pass on Highway 242. So probably the most scenic spot on a paved road in Oregon. Uh, this ride is probably most popular in the late spring when for at least a couple of weeks, one lane gets plowed out. And that's to kind of gradually begin the melting process, but it's open to bike traffic only. So that that really brings people not only from around Oregon, but from all over uh, the nation, probably the world. And you want to check with ODOT and the local bike shops to know when that timing is for that carless window because it's different every year. It depends on how much snow is up there and stuff like that. So sometimes it's a really short window. Sometimes it can be like seven weeks of car-free riding. So just, you know, pay attention to that. So from sisters, the ride climbs and you can just like uh, Mackenzie, like just like you did with renting a bike downtown, you can do kind of the same thing. You can rent a road bike uh, from a shop in sisters and do it that way. Or you can bring your own, obviously. So you can begin in sisters. And from there, it's 16 miles uh, to Mackenzie Summit and D Wright Observatory up, you know, the scenic highway. It climbs a few thousand feet, but you can start closer to the highway or further back. So you can cut a little bit of miles off that if you want to. But for a lot of people, it's a pretty good, pretty good ride for pretty challenging. Obviously, it's very scenic. You know, you get up through the lava. Eventually, you can see you know, the incredible views of the mountains. But another cool thing is if you're doing that spring ride, there's like snow rising in like vertical walls on both sides of you for like a lot of the rides. So that's, that's, that's cool, both literally and figuratively. It's important to dress for that uh, and bring lots of layers because it does get chilly. I think when I did it years ago, I wore like ski gloves just to keep, make sure my hands stayed warm. And then there's like a critical decision that you want to make before you start the ride, but it's when you get up to the summit, you can either ride back down to sisters. That's a pretty good up and down trip and you're done maybe in a half day, maybe a little bit more, but the more adventurous one is to keep going and go all the way down the West side to McKenzie bridge. Now you'd have to set up a shuttle for it and plan for it. But the cool thing about that is, you know, you start on the Ponderosa forest, you know, the open lava rock, and then you drop down through the, you know, evergreen Douglas fir rainforesty you know feel and so you're riding downhill through that it's really cool it's very fun and if you're really smart not only will you ride that side but you will stop at Belknap Hot Springs at the end just to soothe those aching muscles because you'll be pretty tired by the time you get to the end of it so overall I mean that's a pretty good day you start in Sisters ride up the most scenic highway in Oregon drop back down through the rainforest and then stop at a hot springs that's a good day be careful. The ride can get slippery. I know I have a friend of a friend who did this and took a pretty serious fall and like broke his arm or something. So keep that in mind before you get too wild on the downhill. Mackenzie, you mentioned that you do other biking. Does this appeal to you? Are you a road biker? Yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. I've never personally done this, but yeah, I think I would definitely try this out. Uh, does does a few thousand feet intimidate you like uh or would you be up for that initially yes but i think it would be worth it and i'm always down to challenge myself so yeah it's kind of one of those things where it seems like a lot but because it's you know a paved good paid road you just kind of like gradually go and gradually go and you just sort of do it slowly but surely uh like the little engine that could and you get there it's it's not as hard as you think it's 
definitely not easy, but it's not as hard as I had sort of imagined that it would be. Although I was in much better shape back then too. So um, I'm, you know, an old decrepit man by this point. Anyway, okay. So that is my third pick, Mackenzie. We're going to do one more pick and then head to a break. So what you got for us? Yeah, so my next pick is a short hike to Wychus Creek Scenic Overlook. Now, if you're looking for something a little more challenging, I will warn you that this is definitely not it. The hike is a little under a mile and is basically flat the entire time, but the views along the way are honestly well worth making a pit stop. This is such a great option for those of you with kids or also anyone looking for a gentle, accessible way to experience the beautiful views of the Cascades without having to hike up a gigantic mountain or something along those lines. The trailhead is also only 15 minutes from downtown Sisters, so it's also very convenient and a great way to get outdoors without getting yourself into something too serious. When you arrive, there will be an option to take a shorter or longer route to the Overlook. If you go ahead and head to the right, that's where you're going to see a slightly longer trail where you'll pass a few lookout spots and benches allowing you to soak up the scenery. Eventually, you will stumble upon the Overlook, which will just greet you with amazing views of the Cascades and Wychuse Creek down below. For me, this trail was just kind of an incredibly relaxing thing to do. It was such a good way to unwind. I actually did this after I biked Peterson Ridge, so <laughs> this is a good option if you've had a maybe a long day of adventuring. I ended up going in the early evening and was able to have the trail practically to myself. Overall, it's a short trek, but I would say it's worth your time checking it out because it's convenient and it's really pretty. Yeah, and this is just on that road that's just south of Sisters, right? Like it's yeah, it's it's three. I think it's Three Creek Road because I think I drove past the trailhead on my way to Three Creek Lake. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. It's is it pretty deserty out there? Is it pretty foresty? Like what's the like what's the flora and fauna situation while you're getting those views of the Cascades? Yeah, it's actually pretty foresty. I mean, you're you're going through trees and some shrubbery, and it's it's really pretty too. Just a nice path, so. It was pretty. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we return, we've got more great outdoor destinations in Sisters, including one of the state's most famous rivers. But we will also talk about the town's history and specifically why it looks like the Wild West, even at the local McDonald's. So that's when we return. I'm Travis Joseph. I grew up exploring Oregon's forests, mountains, lakes, and rivers with my family. Today, I lead the American Forest Resource Council. My love of the outdoors inspires me to advocate for better stewardship of our public lands and natural resources. At A4C, we value protecting Oregon's forests and the benefits they provide to all, clean air and water, healthy wildlife, top-notch recreation, and renewable climate-friendly wood products. We're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. Learn more about us at amforest.org. All right, our newest sponsor is Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean beach, ancient forest, and a shocking number of beautiful places you might never have heard of, all centered around towns like Manzanita, Pacific City, and Tillamook. This is a beautiful area to visit, and the best way to plan a trip here is by looking at their newly created trails and recreation map. The map features 800 different sites from campgrounds to beaches to hiking trails. My favorite thing about the map is that it breaks down activities into 13 categories. So say you're looking for a campsite. Just click on the drop-down menu and 22 different campsites appear. And you can get information on each one. 
If you're looking for a hike or a way to get on the water, the map has 40 different trails and 48 boat ramps, all laid out on an easy-to-navigate digital map. To find the map and get started, visit tillamookcoast.com recreation hyphen map. All right, welcome back. Well, if you've ever traveled into Sisters, there is no doubt you've noticed that the town does not look like your average town in Oregon. And there's a good reason for this. Mackenzie, why don't you pick us up and talk about how Sisters got to look the way it does? Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, one of the things that makes Sisters so unique is kind of how the town decided early on that it was going to capitalize on tourism. While it was historically a logging town, tourism became its central focus after the timber industry in the area kind of died down. As highways were improved, Sisters became known as the gateway to the Cascades, which really is an accurate description given its super convenient location. But perhaps the most iconic is the town's look, and we've kind of already mentioned it, but when you step into Sisters, you really do feel like you've stepped back into the wild, wild west. You have buildings with false fronts, old-timey fonts, and of course, some iconic saloon doors. However, it's not a coincidence that all the building exteriors you see in Sisters have such a prominent western, old-fashioned style. It's literally written into the city code. The city actually passed an ordinance in the 70s that required commercial buildings to have the iconic 1880s look, literally right down to the McDonald's. This look and brand of Sisters is very intentional, which really just adds to the magic of the town. Yeah, and you know, it's always struck me that this was a really interesting move that they took early on. Like you mentioned that this happened in the 1970s, you know, due to, you know, this decline of the logging industry. But I mean, the, the 70s, like logging was still a big thing. And a lot of towns, mountain towns in particular, were doubling down on their, you know, we're a timber town. We're, we're proud of that. And it's definitely well before the Spotted Owl. It's before the most pitched battles of the Timber Wars. You know, and a lot of mountain towns hadn't really thought to go the tourist route for another few decades. Like that wouldn't become the predominant thing for a while. And so Sisters was definitely a front runner in that respect. And I don't know this for sure, but I'm speculating. It's my hypothesis that the town of Leavenworth up in Washington must have had an influence. So up there, uh, after the railroad lines were rerouted and logging had declined, it was almost turned into a ghost town is how the town's history goes. So in the 1960s, they refashioned the entire town in the image of German Bavaria to make it, you know, uh, interesting to tourists. And it worked remarkably well. So it feels like you've stumbled into like a little German village, you know, in the mountains when you go to Leavenworth. I can't say for sure that that had an influence on sisters. Like I haven't been able to find anything to confirm that. But the success of that little mountain town a decade earlier, it has to have been on the minds of the folks in sisters when they decided to do that. But anyway, bring us back even a little bit farther into Sisters history. Yeah, so Sisters has a pretty interesting beginning. I was actually fortunate enough to meet with Pat Leiser from the Three Sisters Historical Museum, and she was kind enough to walk me through the museum, which is located right in downtown Sisters. It's a very cute little building, and they have some great photographs and treasures from the early days of the town. But Sisters really began with the establishment of Camp Polk in 1865, which was a fairly short-lived military camp established along Wychus Creek and about three miles from Sisters. The camp was shortly abandoned and Samuel M. Hindman, who operated a post office and store, homesteaded the site. In the late 1880s, the post office was relocated and named Sisters, a shortened name from Three Sisters, which is what the indigenous people referred to the area as. 
Its location caused Sisters to become a busy little city, and the town acted as a supply station for sheepmen passing through on their way to the pastures in the Cascades. And the town eventually was formally established in 1901. Yeah, so now after our little town history lesson, I want to bring up my fourth pick, which is a self-guided historic landmarks walking tour through downtown Sisters. It's a great way to dive a little deeper into the rich history of the town while also getting outside and exploring the area, especially if this is your first time in Sisters. The tour, which was put together by the Three Sisters Historical Society and the City of Sisters, includes 18 landmarks to visit, all within a one and a half mile loop through the heart of downtown. To get started, go ahead and pop into the Historical Museum, which is located on Spruce Street. They'll have a walking tour brochure ready for you, and that includes a map and information on each landmark. Now, I'll note that the museum is only open on Fridays and Saturdays. However, you can find an online version of the brochure at ci.sisters.or.us. Once you have your brochure, you're going to start at Landmark 1, which is the Old Sisters School, and it's located on the east side of Cascade Avenue, which is basically the main road in Sisters. From there, the tour will guide you to places like the Sisters Hotel, which is currently the Sisters Saloon, Robert Smith's General Store, and it'll even bring you to Snowcap, which is an iconic burger joint from the 50s that is still serving up burgers and milkshakes today. Side note, their Marionberry milkshake is worth the trip. I'll just put that out there. But as you explore the streets of Sisters through a little more historical lens, also feel free to check out the awesome shops and restaurants the town has to offer. If you're a shopaholic like me, then I think you'll find the variety of boutiques and secondhand stores so much fun to look through. And then after you mosey your way through the town, you'll end up at the 18th and final landmark, the Wakefield Home, just right across the street from where you started. I personally think this would be a really fun activity with kids because it's kind of like a treasure hunt with also a little bit of learning along the way. So, Well, <laughs> I think that you are correct, especially if you stop to get milkshakes on a semi-regular basis. Um, <laughs> that would kids certainly are... make me happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, kids, uh, as far as historical stuff goes, could go could go either way. You know, the right kids, they'll be interested in the history here and there, but uh, I feel like the milkshakes are really the thing. And luckily, having been through Sisters, a lot of times when I have, like, hungry kids that want treats uh sisters always come strong there's a whole bunch of like candy shops and ice cream shops and all kinds of good stuff so you're never at a short or a loss for sweet things uh when you're spending time in sisters okay so it is my fourth pick and it's hard to believe that we've gone this far without mentioning the river that might be the biggest draw to this area at least among some sets of the population and that is the stunning the magic metolius river so from its headwaters down through its canyons, there's really no river in Oregon that quite compares with the Metolius. Like, I know I say that a lot about like various things, like nothing quite compares with it. But in this case, it's true. It's born from these ice cold springs and just the, the colors of the Metolius really grab your attention. You've got this old growth, burnt orange ponderosa pines, and then the color of the Metolius River is something else. Like in the sunlight, it's got this crater lake blue to it. When it's in the shadows, it's got like this ink, this like blue ink tint, tint to it. It's just, it's hard to describe because it's just so clear, so cold. Uh, a lot of people start off by going to the head of the Metolius where you can see the river just come straight out of the groundwater of the Cascades. Uh, fun side note, the Cascade Mountains, like just 
like a sponge absorb all that rain and snow melt and then they kick it out it goes through a groundwater system and it comes out it springs like the metolius but other rivers too like the rogue has the boundary springs the mackenzie just bubbles out so it's it's kind of a cool aspect of the cascades that you can really see at the metolius another random note is the fact that Longtime lawmaker and current candidate for governor Betsy Johnson actually owns the land at the head of the Metolius, but her family has given a scenic easement to that area for a long time. So just random, random thing. If you ever visit, that's Betsy Johnson's land. Anyway, the Metolius is probably best known for being the state's most famous fly fishing destination, and it's really good for that. I'd have to recommend just heading into the fly shop in the store at uh, Camp Sherman uh, to get the info you need, you know, what's going to work. Um, there's also a great and pretty long hiking trail uh, on both sides of the river. The one, the area I'd mainly recommend checking out is the section from Canyon Creek Campground to Wizard Falls Fish Hatchery. So this gets you away from the main roads because there's a whole bunch of Forest Service roads that connect this area. That part of the trail gets you away from the roads. You're down right in that canyon. You're kind of experiencing like the Metolius at its best in there. You can see springs bubbling in from the side. You can put your feet in the water, although your feet will promptly freeze off and turn to blocks of ice because that is really cold water. Uh, there's also a scenic bikeway in there, um, that I rode a few years ago, actually a number of years ago. And so if you want to do the road biking thing, the Metolius also a great area for that. Then the campgrounds are, are a big draw. There's a whole bunch of different ones. I'm not going to name all of them. A lot of them are pretty small kind of classic forest service style campgrounds with a handful of sites, lots of personality. And so make sure to do your research on that. Probably get some reservations because the area is, is pretty popular. Um, some people do whitewater kayak the Metolius and it can be up to a two day trip, um, if you want to, but you gotta be pretty good and know what you're doing because there's a ton of dangerous wood, uh, that easily falls across. Now, if you've seen the Metolius, it's kind of a narrow waterway in a lot of places. And that lends itself to a lot of wood just falling across the Creek. And so you have to be able to get out of your boat and portage if you want to kayak it. And again, if you fall out, it's very cold. So make sure you know what you're doing. Anyway, lots of stuff to do up in the Metolius. It's almost worth a podcast on its own, but this is just my fourth pick here. So Mackenzie, we are down to your final pick, I believe. Is this your fifth one? I think, yeah, what are you taking last? Yeah, this is my fifth one. So the final activity I'm going to be mentioning today is a hike up Black Butte. It's really a true icon in the area. You know, Black Butte is an extinct stratovolcano east of the Cascade Range crest, and it was formed nearly a million years ago from a combination of violent volcanoes and earthquakes. And, you know, if you're in the area, you really can't miss it. It's pretty prominent. So Yeah, it's it's actually a fun one to pick out. Like when you're looking across the Cascades and you're trying to pick out like all the mountains, you're like, oh, that's Three Finger Jack. Uh, you know, that's Mount Jefferson or whatever, like Blackbeat always sticks out because it's like the most perfect, like cone of a volcano that you've ever seen. Like it's, it's like perfection in the way it like comes together at the top. So it always, it always sticks out anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I always think it's fun because it just does. It looks kind of like an ice cream cone or something. Yeah. So yeah, to get to the trailhead, uh, you're just going to head to the upper parking lot. And from there, it's a steep 1.9 mile climb to the summit. The trail is generally considered moderately challenging, but the views along the way and at the top are worth it. Along the way, you'll see Mount Washington and Mount Jefferson, and as you reach the top, you'll see views of the Three Sisters, Three-Fingered Jack, and Broken Top. And if you're lucky to trek up there on a clear day, you might be able to see Mount Adams, too. 
You'll also run into a few structures at the top, including a couple fire lookouts that are kind of fun to look at. Like the other activities I've mentioned, it's also pretty close to town. It's only about a 30 minute drive from Sisters. The stellar views on the trail really make the hike something you should check out if you're in the area. But yeah, all right, Zach, that was my last pick. So what do you have to wrap up our discussion today? All right, so for my last pick, I am not going to pick one specific place, but a handful of places. Because as we've mentioned, there's just a lot to do out here. And even though we've hit quite a few places, we're still, you know, not getting to everything at all. So I'm going to wrap it up just by mentioning a handful of favorites. So first off, the big one is Tam MacArthur Rim Trail pretty darn well-known backpacking and hiking routes that takes you onto those cliffs that I mentioned that are right above Three Creek Lake. Uh, It's got big views on every side and you can follow it all the way to Broken Top and it, you know, definitely get deep into the Three Sisters Wilderness if you want to from that route. So great one. Starts at a nice high elevation. Other stuff to mention, uh, there's apparently a pretty frequently visited uh, cave on public land you're allowed to visit and it's called Skylight Cave. And it's a lava tube that is similar to the more popular Lava River Cave uh, south of Bend. So it's just like a lava tube that you can walk into. What makes this one stick out, and there's a lot of them in the area, is that cave has holes in the top. So it looks like, you know, the skylight actually coming down through the top and you can get, you know, some light coming down into the cave effects leads to some very cool photos that I've seen. I haven't been there don't know a ton about it, but it looks great. And so it sounds like a fun adventure to go out and find it. And it's on public land. You're allowed to do it. If you need more hiking, there's also Alder Springs Trail, which is a really good one. It's about 40 minutes northwest of Sisters. And there's a million other trails that I could mention here, um, but I'm not going to because that would take forever. And then the last stuff I'd mention is, look, I mean, we did kind of focus on the summer here, but there's great winter destinations. I think maybe we'll do a winter version of this at some point. But if we don't get to that, there's a great snow park out there that takes you to Jefferson View Shelter, which is a really spectacular snowshoe or cross-country skiing route. Uh, And then you've got Hoodoo just up the road and you've got Black Butte. And so there's lots of winter recreation to get to. We can't touch on everything, but Sisters, obviously, there's a great history. There's a lot of great recreation. It's obviously just a cool place to visit. So Mackenzie, thank you for joining me to talk about all things Sisters. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I had such a fun time exploring Sisters when I was there, and it's always been a town that I've just kind of loved. So I've loved having the chance to talk about it. Thanks for having me, Zach. All right, before we log on, I do want to tease a story that we've got coming and that does deal with the Sisters area along with other areas in Oregon. So the story that we're working on centers on people that live and work in towns like Sisters, but are unable to afford the increasingly high rent and home prices in towns like that. So instead of living in town, they live on the outskirts of town on public lands in long-term dispersed camping sites, either in tents or in trailers. And it runs the, the, the reasons people do this runs the gamut from they just want to live out there to they can't afford the rent in town. Anyway, it's just a really interesting look at a trend that is increasing at a pretty rapid rate on Oregon's public lands. And so we're going to have a long and in-depth look at that issue coming up in about a week or two. Just stay tuned for that one. All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council, 
AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.